Sarah is back again. Sarah, how are you? I'm just fine, Kristen. How are you? <laughs> what is this? I'm just fine, Kristen. What is that? Oh, I well, did that sound shitty? I'm sorry. <laughs> no, no, no. It sounded very professional. I'm like, no, we don't we don't do that. I, I want the I, I want the real Sarah. <laughs> <laughs> um, well today I, I am pretty much just fine. Nothing really exceptional happened. It's a normal day. <laughs> That's nothing. Hold on. Wait one second. Welcome back to Welcome on Women on Top podcast. I have to get that in. That's what all the articles say. You have to get it in the beginning. So yeah, sorry. Women on Top <laughs> podcast so that people remember the name. Uh, but you are you said you're just having kind of an okay day? I am. Or week? Yeah. 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 Just okay? Yeah. <laughs> oh. <laughs> well, I guess the spotlight's on me then. Yeah, what you got? <laughs> So what do you got? Uh, what do I have? Well, um, uh, you know, part of the reason why I'm taking the certification course is not only because I, I it's something that I've really discovered a passion about, and forgive my dog, she's flapping her ears. <laughs> uh, it's not just because I have uh, a passion about trauma recovery and coaching people who have dealt with abuse and neglect and, and um uh, other types of trauma in their childhood or even in adulthood, but because my business, you know, a few years ago, I would say it was a, a very stable source of primary income. My business did very, very, very well for itself. And now over the past couple of years, the market's changing, the audience is shrinking and everybody in this little niche that I'm in, we're all kind of like, everybody's getting a little... I think not desperate, but they're feeling the pinch. Getting a little hungrier. A little hungrier. Yeah. Very good term. I like that. And so um, I promote a lot of events for other organizations similar to mine. And they're all run by men because, of course, they are. And I posted an event for this one guy. He's a Trump voter. <clears throat> Anywho. Um, How do you know that? <laughs> Uh, we have a mutual friend and she told me because apparently he like, you know, he kept it gave from her you. The, well, apparently he gave her the let's make America great again speech around election time and whatever. So anywho, um, so, uh, I posted this event, you know, I don't sell a lot of tickets for these things just because I have a, I have a smaller audience when I had more meetup groups, I had a much larger reach, but, uh, I don't have that reach anymore because Meetup, the the website itself has changed and really kind of uh, the functionality is gone. Mm -hmm. And so I post the event and I always check to see like where are other people posting? Well, you know, what am I basically what am I up against? Mm -hmm. And on the promotional channels, the effective promotional channels, they're all jammed by this these one or two different people. And one of them is a guy who has just always been up my ass for years. This is, I think I wrote about him years ago. He threatened me at one point and I reported him to meet up and meet up. I was like, yeah, tough. What do you want me to do about it? And you know, I've told all these male organizers, like this guy, he threatened, like he threatens women. And if you're okay with that, then I don't know what to tell you. So, um, I posted this one event that he has also posted, but I added like, you know, register and get a free coupon towards, a, a, a speed dating event. It's just pure marketing. Like, how am I going to stand out if he has 75 groups and, you know, I don't, and he's got all these postings everywhere. I need to find a way to stand out. 
So I woke up this morning around 4.30 because I had to get some work done before I went to class. And this is first a class in gym and then stuff for my course. And I had two emails from this other guy, the guy who's running this event. And he says, uh, you know, it's, hey, uh, I, I've heard from all my promoters. They're really upset that you have this posting offering a, a free speed dating event. And keep in mind that I had only posted it last night. So I don't know like who, and I knew who he was talking about. There was only, it's this other guy. I, and I just, do I have proof of that? No. But seeing as though there's only like three postings of it and there's only one way he could have found it. I, I have a pretty good idea. It's this other guy who threatened me at one point. And so I was like, oh, and he was saying in the email, you know, can you just change it? I haven't slept all night and it's been, it's ruining my peace of mind. And I'm like, oh, and we're the dramatic ones. Wow. <laughs> right. And so I'm like, okay, I, I knew I had stuff to get done to work. I knew I had to get to class. I'm like, I'm not going to sell my tickets anyway. It's probably not going to be seen. I'll, I'll get to it as soon as I'm in front of a, a, like a laptop and I can concentrate on it because there's a lot of work to do. Mm-hmm to just remove all this stuff. So I get out of one class, I pick up my phone and I have two more messages from this guy, two more emails. And now he's angry at me and saying, don't you dare ignore me. Take that stuff down now. I don't know why you're trying. How much time had elapsed? Uh, Well, he sent the first two emails like around one o'clock in the morning. Oh yeah. And then the the additional two uh like around i would i would think between like 9 30 and 10 so he he was getting angry around 9 30 or 10 right which is when <laughs> you're supposed to start working right it, so okay, it, okay. just so, i'm just checking um, on the timeline right so i now i have to go to do something for my course and i'm like okay I, i'll deal with this but i have to get to this first mm-hmm. and you know, everything's online. I have to do, I, I think I told you we started the, we were doing some sort of mentored um, coaching. Mm-hmm. And so I don't have 30 minutes in front of a laptop. I have to deal with this stuff with the course. Right. So my phone starts ringing. Ugh. Not once, not twice, not three times, <laughs> not four times. I get five phone calls from this guy. He hangs up every time and then he sends a message after each one. So four emails at this point, four emails, five phone calls, five text messages, then another email. Yeah. And at this point now it's like 11 o'clock and now I'm like, I'm wrapping stuff up and I knew I was going to have time. And I emailed him and I said, uh, I explained what I'm doing that I'm, you know, taking a certification course to work with survivor, survivors of abuse and assault, and uh, I'm not ignoring you. Um, P.S. I'm, <laughs> you know, I'm trying to ignore the fact that while I'm studying this, you know, to help women who are being um, subjects of abuse, I'm actually being abused and harassed by a man. Uh, but you know, I, I said, but I don't have the time to get into that. Yeah. And I said, I'll I'll get to this when I have the time, but please stop with the emails. An hour goes by, and now I've started to make the changes that he's asked. Mm-hmm. So it's now like uh, 11, 11.30, 12? Like 11.30, 12. Okay. And the phone starts again, and the emails start again. And I said, I, like, what, like, what the fuck is your problem? And I said, I know who's telling you this. And I said, why don't you just tell him not to be such a whiny bitch? 
well, why do you keep bringing him up? It has nothing to do with him. It's my, it's my co-promoters and it's my wife. Oh, sure. Blame your wife. You know, I got no sleep last night and now I have to cancel an event. And I'm like, again, with the fucking melodrama and you blame us. And we're the ones who are so emotional and upset all the time. Right. So I said, don't fucking email me about this again. He's like, I'm not threatening you. And I'm like, you are. This is the, like, let me get a dictionary. This is the textbook definition of fucking harassment. All because I have, I'm offering a free speed dating event for one of your shitty parties. Are you fucking kidding me? And I just know in my gut that if I were a man, he wouldn't have the fucking balls to come at me the way he did. And it irritates me beyond belief. Because, (laughs) you know, I know that if I want to go, if I go to, and I've I've had fights with other organizers who like, they're like, yeah, I know, I know, I know he's like this, but what do you want me to do? What I want you to do, you fucking pussy, what I want you to do is speak up. That's what I want you to do. Yeah. I mean, everyone should be, everyone should have some decorum. First of all, it's 2019. It's not acceptable to call anyone unless someone is bleeding. Right. (laughs) That's that's yeah. If you're not related to me or dying, I don't want to fucking talk to you on the phone. Mm -mm. And no, you know, that number of calls is just outrageous. You know, and the thing is, is that like there are other promoters that I work with that I owe money to. And so that makes me feel like, oh, well, you, you, you probably shouldn't speak up because you owe them money. And it's like, then the other half of my brain goes, owing somebody, you know, $300, $700 is pales in comparison to a man harassing you and threatening you yeah they're not really the same thing they're not really on the same plane (laughs) and this is the shame thing and this is the shame and we talked about this in we did um in we have i had class on monday too and we we talked about it and in my um practice session with my practice client you know, the, the scenario that was depicted was she was at the airport and she was taken aside by TSA and she was, you know, being screened mm-hmm. and she was very triggered by it. And they were, and it was a woman who was, you know, screening her and she felt very triggered. And, you know, what comes up and I said, and, and you know, what comes up in those moments is that, that shame of, oh, we must've done something wrong. This must be our fault. And, you know, women in general, we feel that all the time anyway, because we're, we're groomed to believe like anything is our fault. (laughs) Everything is our fault. Right. But if you're a survivor of trauma and abuse, that's you, you go right back there. You go right back to that place of, well, this must be my fault. And so should I stand up for myself or should I cower? And I had that moment because I really was so tempted to threaten him. And it's like, no, 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 don't do that because you don't know what he's going to come back and say to you and pa 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 And it, the whole thing, shit like that, like, can, can trigger me, can trigger a lot of people, but it can trigger me when it feels like no one is stepping up, no one is saying anything. And then this guy had the fucking nerve to say to me, stop bringing that other guy up. You know, it has, it, it has nothing to do with him. And I'm like, don't you fucking insult my intelligence. Don't do it. I know who it is. Well, I saw that you posted this here and this here. And I'm like, now you're just like stalking me online. And that's creepy. And I know he's not doing it. It's this other guy. Right. 
you know, a few months back last year, he, he this guy emailed me. He's like, yeah, I, uh, I'm sorry about your cat. And I'm like, wait a minute. How did uh, you know my cat died? Uh, He's like, oh, uh, I follow you on. I'm like, no, you don't. No, I said, what was your account? Oh, I have so many that I, you fucking cunt. You're lying. You're lying. I know you're lying. And it's because somebody's watching me and then going to you. And that, that sort of shit, that bothers me. And what bothers me about this industry in general is I can't tell you how many times I've gone to other organizers, men, and said, this needs to change at these events. There's too many creepy guys. You're not doing anything about it. You know, you're admitting all ages for events where they're like women in their 20s and these 50-year-old guys are hitting on women in their 20s and the women are telling you they're uncomfortable and you're not doing a goddamn thing about it. Ugh. And th <laughs> what it comes down to Gross. is they don't care about women. Yeah. They don't. I work with one that I'm very close with now that like hears me out and, and tries to make the, the – and takes my suggestions. Okay. Um, but the rest – are all a bunch of fucking pussies who don't have the balls to stand up to a guy and say, dude, like, stop her. Like, what are you doing? But they probably feel like I deserve it. Oh, yeah. I deserve well, it. Sure. Sure. You, you started in on him. You provoked him. Right. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Like, oh, you, you must've provoked him. You know what? Maybe I did. <sighs> By provoking, do you mean stand up for myself and tell you to back the fuck off? Yeah, because I will do that. Yeah. Yeah. Like that. Don't do that. And I'm just, as you can tell, very worked up about it. <laughs> but that is, and, and that's, a, that's a, a reality for women is if you're working in a male-dominated, and listen to me, like my little tiny business, and I'm talking about male-dominated business as though I'm working in like a, the finance or the STEM or science. Mm. But when you're working in a male-dominated industry, it's almost assured that no man will ever betray another man. Eh, I don't, well, I, I don't know. I'm not a man. I, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> you disagree? I don't, I don't know. I think um, people in general, I, I think, will betray someone or be two-faced if it behooves them to do so. If it serves them. If it's, okay, good, yes. And there's no consequence. You know what I mean? Yes. Like yep. Yeah. So. I do. I do. And you know what? I hear a lot more stories about women being ballsy and brave than I do about men. I do too. Especially and lately. I usually hear a follow-up story about some kind of backlash. <laughs> and I, yeah, of I course. have some stories about some kind of backlash from... Yep. From being the only one in the room to say, anyone else hear how this sounds? Yeah, and you, you do. You kind of have to go, I'm not the only one hearing this, right? <laughs> like, Yeah, it's it really... It's not just my girl brain. Oh, right. Like, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> right? Processing information so differently. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, so that stuff just exhausts me. Um, and... It's why I am this. This is a great secondary secondary source of income, but it's really why I'm moving out into uh, something else and transitioning out into something else. Because one, I just want to feel like I'm I'm contributing something. To, I just feel like we now all owe it to society at this point. Like <laughs> this country's so going to hell in a handbasket uh -huh. that we kind of all really have to step up and contribute in any way we can. Well, you've been invited to weddings, have you not? 
Yeah. Like, I mean, that, yeah, that's... Your events. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So it's not like this has all been for nothing. No, true. I mean, I, I definitely feel like when I wrote the column, I had more of a purpose. And I think that's what I'm seeking. I'm looking for a purpose. Uh-huh. You know, especially... You know, at 50 years old, where you do have that second life and that second act. And I'm so, so, so much a big believer in creating that second act for yourself, uh, whether you're married or single or whatnot. And, I, and this is really what I want to do. But uh, I really wish I didn't have to deal with all these pussies. <laughs> yeah. Well, they're Speaking everywhere. of pussies. <laughs> oh, what a segue. <laughs> what a segue. Hold on. <laughs> <laughs> nailed it <laughs> nailed it uh speaking of pussies uh let's talk about the uh the incel article in the cut mm-hmm. and it was written by alice hines it was fascinating yeah it was um very measured i thought in tone i thought it was too i thought it was too uh I feel like God bless her because she, this is like incel should read this. And as an example of what empathy is. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. (laughs) You know, it really wasn't like, it wasn't, it wasn't hateful and it wasn't angry. It was, it really was measured as the best word for this. But if you haven't read it, it's, on the cut this week, and something tells me it'll it will be in there. You know, most popular from here. Yeah, it's on in out. the top five. It's in the top five, and the comments are reaching like approaching 150, 200 comments, and I can't even with the fucking comments. They're well, um, yeah, they're really yeah the trash fire, but <laughs> but it's basically what these incels, you know, they are a group of men who gather in online communities. And uh, how do I put this? Hate women. <laughs> and don't just hate women, but hate themselves and aren't aware of it. <laughs> or maybe they are aware of it. Like they really do. They feel owed sex and they cannot understand how women are not, you know, they're, they're changing their faces and they're getting all this plastic surgery. We're talking twenty, thirty, forty thousand dollars $40,000 worth of plastic surgery and reconstructive surgery to become a quote unquote Chad, which is like a conventionally attractive guy. And even the picture that's, I mean, the brilliant picture mm-hmm. with the article. Yeah. Everything about this article really is like, I'm almost, I'm reading this and I'm kind of like, Ooh, I see this in um, Pulitzer territory. Huh. I'd, Similar I think that to, would be great. Yeah. Yeah. I see this in Pulitzer territory. It is phenomenal journalism and reporting and research and God bless this, bless this woman who like had to interact with these guys. Yeah, especially when you find out toward the end of the article that um, she is apparently, um, and I, I don't say apparently like I disagree. I just I didn't Google her. So toward the end of the article, you find out that she is apparently conventionally attractive, and mm-hmm. I, that that adds a layer to this, right? In terms of interacting with incels <laughs> and trying to understand them and trying to get them to confide in you that can't make it easier right like does it make it easier or does it make it harder because on one hand these men are so desperate for the validation of the conventionally attractive woman but on the other they have such deep-seated malicious contempt 
yeah. for conventionally attractive women. So either way throughout this process, I mean, what is, I mean, definition of a slippery slope for this woman, because at any given point, you just don't know what, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm, I have nothing but tremendous respect for, uh, for Alice Hines, Alice Hines. I want to, I want people to remember her name. Uh, and the thing is, is that they were showing pictures of some of these guys. Yes. And these guys are posting pictures of themselves on these forums. And it's like, what are you doing? <laughs> what are you doing? Because like now your pictures are in this article. <laughs> do, do the men in this article, do they know? It seems that like their they pictures? do. Yeah. Um, it, it says at one point um, that the, the main subject uh, whose screen name is Truth for Lie um, it says he, once he was contacted, he initially denied it was him, but pretty quickly gave in when Alice was like, oh, but here's your photo and here's your photo here. <laughs> yep. So pretty sure this is you too. Yeah. And here's you literally sitting in front of a laptop on this web on Slut Hate. Left the trail we think, We're pretty everywhere. sure it's you. <laughs> yeah. And the thing is about these pictures, that these guys aren't unattractive. I'm glad that you physically. Yeah, I'm, physically. Glad, I'm glad. Well, yeah, I'm glad that you mentioned that because the chads. Um, if you do have this in front of you as well, yes. the naturally occurring chads. <laughs> this is the caption. Um, only David Gandy is doing it for me. These other two dudes are pretty weird looking. So, if this is the kind of um, look that the incels are going for surgically, I, I gotta caution them against that or at the very least and i know they wouldn't believe me but at the very least to assure them that women are much more complicated than they think and are attracted to a variety of face shapes and right. heights <laughs> um, yeah and that it really it really comes down to personality yeah it, it yes it it really does and these men don't seem to understand that we speaking of what we're groomed for, we're also groomed to sense danger in men. Yeah. Yeah. And when we meet a guy that's just off, we know it. it we like, don't even have to meet him. Right. I mean, haven't you been, I mean, at a deli oh, yeah. and some creep looked at you when he felt gross. I mean, like every yeah. day. Yeah. <laughs> like every day. Yeah. Like every day. Yes. Yes, I do. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And what something that gets brought up in this article that used to come up in the comments of my column all the time that made me want to punch a fucking wall. And it was this whine from men. You don't understand. Women get 10 times more email messages than men do. And no matter how often or how explicitly uh, this was broken down for them. They didn't understand that those out of those hundred messages, maybe three were of quality. Yeah, had words on them, right? Beyond <laughs> like a form, like you were hot, right. want to meet, like <laughs> emoji, and, emoji, 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 yeah. and and you know what? Here's the thing: the hi, how are you? That stuff. You know, I don't, I don't consider that in the same category as oh, you have a hot mouth. No, that's not the like. Same. I understand that some people feel like I really don't want to invest a lot of time in this process because there's not a lot of return on investment. 
So I'm going to be, you know, brevity will be my approach. And for some women, and let's put it, let's be honest, if the guy's good looking, we're okay with it. That's why I I hate this. Oh, I hate when people just say, men and women both pull this. Oh, I hate the whole, hi, don't just say hi, bullshit. If they're conventionally attractive, you're not going to care. So shut up. Yeah, no, you'll go the extra mile. (laughs) You'll go the extra mile. So get over yourself. But out of those messages, we're talking, we get crudeness. We get um, uh, vitriol. Yeah, we get, that's my personal get, favorite. Yeah, negging. You know, why do you say this in your profile? Or, you know, you really shouldn't do this. You should smile more. It's it's of that vein. And men, and we had this conversation last week about whether or not men will punch down when they're just looking to get laid yeah. versus when they're looking for a relationship. And these men, these incels don't understand that a lot of those messages are from dudes who are desperate, guys who are just in a dry spell, and they will throw anything against the wall just to see what sticks. There's very little quality in these messages. And for some reason, these men seem to think that that's some sort of level of, of that that's success for us. Yeah. And they're not- Quantity of messages. Right. The quantity of messages somehow speaks to, uh, like, it's a, I, I don't know, we're, we're, somehow we're performing better than they are. Yeah. And, and I, I get the feeling that if women suddenly started sending out a bunch of messages of their own, that men online would be like, whoa, this is a little aggressive. <laughs> you know what I mean? Okay. We really can't yes. win either way. Right. We really can't. If I, like, if I I'm, I'm really trying to stop say like like so much so forgive me I'm I'm working on it. Um if a woman emailed a man and said something in the vein of nice bulge. Hmm. You know, a guy might go, "Oh, Tihi is that cute. She's being she's being saucy." If he received 10 messages like that, <laughs> in say a 2 week period, he might go, "Whoa, wait a minute." Yeah. What is this about? And they might feel differently because, you know, a one-off here and there. I was, you know, I was like watching, I was watching a, an interview with Cody Fern uh-huh. from uh, American Horror Story and from uh, the assassination of Gianni Versace. Mm-hmm. And he was wearing a sheer shirt and he's talking to the reporter. And one of the female co-stars comes up to him and starts rubbing his nipple while he's being interviewed. And I'm watching that and and. And this is just me. I don't. I'm not. I'm not Cody Fern. I wasn't in his head, but there was a there was a a brief sort of flinch. Yeah, you know. So I think, and he's very like he's very outspoken. He's a he's a feminist. He's very very much um, a an ally, and I think he in those moments, like I think he kind of understood, like. Oh, that I think that might be wrong. <laughs> and I think, you know, now that he's becoming more famous and women are just like grabbing him, touching him, this, that, you know, when men start to experience that, it's a taste of what we go through. Yeah. And, and it's and it's a taste, right? Because at the very least, that happening to Cody Fern is a result of women liking him right it's not it's not hostile it's not frightening (laughs) it's not aggressive uh there's no 
there's no fear involved, right? Whereas if you're... But is there no... I mean, I don't know. I mean, if I were a famous person and these young women were coming up to me and like grabbing me and touching me and... Well, maybe in a crowd. Yeah. I'm, but I, I'm speaking specifically of the, the coworker situation. I mean, mm-hmm. maybe he's afraid of his coworker, but I'm, I'm assuming not. Um, I'm sure there's a familiarity there right. that he doesn't mind it. Right. But it's still... I think I went on a bit of a tangent, but it's still this this idea of when it happens to you once, um, you can kind of brush it off. But when it happens to you repeatedly, you start to feel uncomfortable, embarrassed, ashamed, and fearful. Right. I think so, the other piece of this that um, men completely don't get because they don't experience it is that mm-hmm. this all starts when we are way too young to handle yep. it. I mm-hmm. mean, I, I think the first time I felt uncomfortable about being a woman was like in kindergarten. So <laughs> mm-hmm. that, that is the first time I felt sexually harassed. Um, mm-hmm. uh, and I mean, I could tell you the story if you want, but it's not sure, really that of course. interesting. So, um, I am playing with my neighbors. We're on some monkey bars in our neighborhood park. And so I'm hanging off the monkey bars. And I think it was like my neighbor's cousin or, you know, some some sort of satellite kid that was like kind of around, but I didn't know, grabbed me where my boobs would have been if I were mm-hmm. not in kindergarten. And, and that was it. No, no conversation. Just reached up and grabbed me, and then. How old was the boy? Uh, I think he was like eight, so I was like six. He was seven or eight. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And fortunately, that was it. But I, I certainly remember, you know, everyone sort of like looked around awkwardly. No one said anything, mm-hmm. and then we all sort of moved on. So yeah. what's so what's the message if you're six? Right? It's probably that oh, you could have prevented that. You did something wrong. You should be embarrassed. And if you say anything, no one's going to speak up or defend you. Right. And no one is speaking up because everyone's already embarrassed about the thing that happened to you. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So I think, you know, in terms of like sexual harassment, catcalling, all that kind of stuff, I I think the, the, again, the fact that it, it all starts when we're super young. Yeah. I'm, I'm so sorry that that happened to you. Like that's such a, it's just such a horrible indoctrination. Well, I mean, I recognize in the gamut of trauma, like it's not that big a deal. <laughs> you know, um, you know, we, we, it, you know, clearly. So then it's a big deal. If you remember something that happened to you when you were six years old, it's a big deal. And we're again, women are conditioned to dismiss the pain and the trauma. That's true. I just did that, didn't I? You, now it, I we all apologize. do it. We all do it. <laughs> You know, oh, it's it's not that big of a deal. You know what? If it causes you enough distress that you remember it 30 years later, yeah, it's a big deal. I think every woman has a story like this or worse. Mm-hmm. I mean, and, and I have more, of course, right? From Of course, sadly. The rest yep. of my life. But mm-hmm. that just was the first one, right? And I feel like catcalling and street harassment started when I was like nine or 10, which is it's just too young. It's gross. It's disgusting. It's disgusting. Yeah, it's... I can remember having a... um, He was my godfather. 
and l- l- like salt of the earth man. But I remember because I had experienced abuse and because I had been sexually abused for an ongoing period of time, I will never forget. He came up behind me and he wished he had bought me this dress for Christmas and it was this red like Spanish, almost flamenco looking dress off the shoulder. Mm-hmm. And the off the shoulder part, I think I was probably about uh, around 11 at this point. I felt very uncomfortable that he had bought me this dress, mm-hmm. but then he came up behind me and he said, I bet you're going to look really pretty in that. And I never wore that dress. Yeah. And it was so pretty. And he was such a good, and is to this day, never did anything untoward. But that to have that trigger and to have that frame of reference, like we we all have those moments right. where we just feel uncomfortable or it's, in any case, we're getting very far we're very off, the, off topic of itself. But I Yeah, think, Intel, so. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, so I, I think the point was <laughs> that um, a lifetime of sexual harassment doesn't feel great. So... The the incel argument or the argument that women fare better online falls on deaf ears to women because a lot of attention is unwanted. Right. Right. It's disgusting. It's gross. And it's insincere. Right. So when when these guys are saying, oh, they just – and it was in the comments too. And I was just like, oh, I fucking hate you. Uh, because I used to remember this in the comments all the time. And I just remember how ragey I would get because I was receiving all these shitty messages and thinking we would trade those three messages you're probably getting from women. And P.S. They're probably women in your league, by the mm. by. Yeah. And, you know, and the men would always be like, you know, and I send out 87 email messages and nobody responds. It's like maybe it's because you're sending out 87 email messages, you fucking douchebag. Maybe that's why. Maybe because you're just sending out a bunch of random messages to anybody and we can tell when you're just trying for something to stick. You can spot a copy-paste for sure. You can spot a copy-paste and there's no real thought behind it. And maybe, you know, you're probably writing like eight word, eight, eight paragraphs or something. Like, trust me, you're doing something to make either you're doing something to make these men, these women uncomfortable or you are shooting astronomically out of your league. And I'm thinking it's B. <laughs> well, I think it's maybe both. <laughs> maybe both. But I think the the bigger one, and that's really the focus of the men in this article, because it's not about I don't get female attention. It's that I don't get attention from hot women. Right. Yeah. Punching, yeah. punching down is something that um, insults really should try. Yeah, like we all do, because most of us have to punch down. Most of us, you know, we're, we're, we're most of us are average. Sure. And that's not a bad thing. No, by definition, right? We're, we're most. Yeah. Average. And that doesn't mean you're not attractive. It just means you're not, you know, Chris Hemsworth. <laughs> and the uh, throughout the article, I mean, they're, they're like challenging this author. Like, what is it like? What is it like for you? You know, what's that like for you to know that you can go on Tinder and you can just get laid and uh, like they're challenging her and putting it back on her, which is why I'm just like so kind of in awe of this woman because it just all felt so, so terrifying. Um, there's one quote here. 
I became obsessed with a lot of models around my age who had that real chiseled bone structure, he recalls. There was one in particular, Colton Haynes from Teen Wolf, who spoke in a monotone voice that reminded Matthew a lot of his own. Haynes never went to college while Matthew has a master's in engineering. These people have all these followers on Instagram, Matthew says, and you're like, why can't I have all these followers? Well, Matthew, he's on television. Right. That's why. Yeah. <laughs> right. He's on television. P.S. Colton Hayes, uh, not a very happy guy. Oh, he's not? <laughs> and has done, uh, allegedly, uh, quite a bit to his face. <laughs> so, guess what, him. Matthew? You and Colton have more in common than you think you do. Yeah, right? You know, so he very well might have all these followers, but uh, he seems kind of miserable. <laughs> so, I don't know what, like, he. it's the lack of logic you know with the women get more emails and tv stars get more followers well yeah because they're tv stars (laughs) that's why they get do you need me to do you need a flow chart do you need me to like i think they do do this (laughs) they do they need things better explained to them uh let's see what else but not by a woman but not by a woman um hold on when i show an incel form to epley he's the doctor He's the, the, the surgeon. He at first seems confused by the anonymous usernames. We look at a thread by a user named Cyan, who has posted images of his designs for Epley cheekbone, Epley cheekbone implants in post-op selfies. Finally, it seems to dawn on Epley. That patient has done more to promote that style of implant than anyone I know, he says. He has fielded requests from dozens of patients who specifically reference Cyan's photographs. He hadn't known where they'd found them. They did that's their the reach. They did their research. And that's the reach that these men have. And I, and I feel like it needs to be brought up that, you know, uh, uh, what was it in 2017 that uh, a white man drove a van into a crowd, killed, I think, 10, 10 people, mm-hmm. um, and then wrote a, one of his little manifestos on Facebook um, congratulating or um, thanking the gentleman, Elliot Roger. And, and, and Elliot Roger, if people need to re- be reminded, <sighs> he was the young guy, the virgin, who just opened fire in San Diego yeah. over right before Memorial Weekend in uh, 2014, I think. That's and that was, the tur- that was the turning point for me. That was when I said, okay, that was it. You know, I was writing something about... Because I was very much, I think, a cool girl when I first started the column. I definitely thought, (laughs) you're like, I I agree, but I'm not going to say that. So (laughs) I was definitely... What year did the column start? I would say, God, 2000, I want to say 2007 or 8. Okay. So I guess I was reading from the beginning. Um, It just, it had so many, I mean, it it had such a following. (laughs) Um, When I caught on to it already that I had assumed that it had been going for a couple of years. Mm -hmm. Um, But no, I I guess, um, yeah, I'll agree with that then since I was around since the beginning. Yeah, definitely felt um, that there was uh, status in having male friends and definitely felt a need to prove to readers that even though I was, um, you know, not conventionally thin, uh, that I could still get laid and definitely you know, 
definitely did not see that the reason why men bitched to women about me so much was because they thought I hated women too. Mm. And I slowly started coming around as I started writing when I was, uh, when I wrote for XO Jane a few times. Oh, good times. And, (laughs) and then when, uh, when Elliot Roger, um, open fire, that, that was the, that was the click for me. That was the turning point of we're, we're being murdered. We are being murdered because men feel entitled to our bodies. Yeah. And I just said, you've got to get on the right side of this and you, meaning me. And uh, yeah, that's, and, 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 and I think people thought, oh, she's only doing that because like she got sucked into the S- SJW movement. And it's, no, I, it's because uh, the more I, and, and I think because a lot of this happened right around the, right after my father died and everything was going on with my family, I was just so kind of, whether people knew it or not, so emotionally fragile that uh, I, I, I was feeling a lot more than I normally did. You know, I was really starting to, really starting to, uh, I don't know. I, I, I think I, the, 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 the wall, the facade, the thick skin, like I think I was just far more empathetic that um, around that time. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, not to make this about me, but, to get back to the article. Oh, there's just, there's so much to say. <laughs> there really is. And this is a very long article. And, and uh, we said this before we got onto this, you, that before we got onto the, into the show that I had to take breaks every like 15 minutes yeah. because it was so overwhelming and scary. The hatred yeah. that, that just drips from the words of the men being quoted in this article. Yeah. I mean, I, Part of me kind of wonders, you know, is this podcast gonna get us doxxed? <laughs> like, are we are we gonna receive hate for this? I barely have a Twitter presence, but I <laughs> I have a Twitter, so the, you know, me, bro. <laughs> the, the the worst I've ever had. I had. I remember. Do you remember the guy who threatened to slit my throat? A couple of summers again, like three, four summers ago, when it was I, at the I height don't. of everything going. Oh, it was at the height of everything going on with my family. And I really was sort of, ve- at this point, I was very fragile. <laughs> and I was getting the emails and he, he was just sending me emails every day. And he was writing, you know, hundreds of comments on the blog. And I ended up having to go to the police and get, um, I, I don't know. I had, to, I had to at least file a report. And the police said, you know, you have to contact him and you have to tell him not to contact you anymore so that you have that, you have that trail. And so I did that. And I never heard from him again, and he never showed up at the blog again. I showed him the copy of the the report, uh, but that was really the worst it ever got for me. And I and I don't think people or men really understand what the reason why I I hold this author in such high esteem is because what she put herself the the position she put herself in mm-hmm. for the hate. I can't and the vitriol. even imagine. I can't even imagine inbox right now. (laughs) Right. Exactly. And when you look at the comments, it's all incels. Yeah. They have a lot to say. They're chatty. Mm -hmm. They're chatty. (laughs) So, okay. Um, One thing about incels that I think is particularly interesting Mm -hmm. is just the, they haven't, 
they haven't followed their own line of thinking to its logical end. But right. which I mean that okay, you you have slut hate, <laughs> right? <sighs> but on um, at the same time that you have slut hate, uh, you all want to have sex with these women that are eight and a half to tens, right? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. of course, that's not the majority of women. So that would have to mean that you're sort of just trading around, right? You're just, you're all, you see what I mean? Like there aren't, I do. There aren't enough women for incels. Right. <laughs> that they like would you... deem acceptable. And yet mm-hmm. they have the slut hate, right? I mean, I, I think most of them find the ideal woman to be a virgin, I would assume. Um, or someone with very little experience. Um, so, because otherwise they'd feel threatened, right? Uh, yes. So yeah. So if you're yeah, if if all the incels in the world are going after the women that they deem appropriate for them, there's there's just not enough women to go around. So at some point, you're going to have to flex a little bit what you're looking for, mm-hmm. and why not now? <laughs> it's the way they talk about the women. You know, he's, you know, it's even these morbidly obese or these unattractive women and they get hundreds of messages and it's right when you start to feel sorry for some of these men. And I have to say, like a man who decides to try and take his own life, I I, I will have, I will have sympathy for somebody like that. Yeah. That's what is so complex about this article. Right. Is that it it there's, is. There's clearly, um, I mean, in at least in some of the men that the author talked to, there's, there's clearly mental health issues. Yeah. (laughs) You know, these are men who aren't, they're, they're changing their faces. They're undergoing surgery because they like, why exactly? I don't even think it's loneliness. I think it's this cocktail, this toxic cocktail of entitlement and loneliness and rage and maybe even a desire to like self harm. Mm. Yeah. You know, and I do. That's torture. They they are tortured. And I will have empathy and sympathy for people like that. Sure. But it's the lack of empathy in return that I find so frightening. Yeah. The way women the way women are talked about, you know, like it's like they just can't they, it, and they cannot put themselves in the shoes of, you know, women online who get get emails from men. Like, I'll never forget being somebody who isn't conventionally thin. The things that I've had said to me, oh, you're fun size. Oh, what's up, bozo? Uh, You know, oh, I'm not used to having sex with a woman your your size. And I've had that, that said to me more than a couple of times. What's the point of saying that? To, I don't know to just well because I they think it's to okay shitty, right to make you feel shitty yeah you know like, like they're doing the, you a favor right you know uh, it's so I do I feel bad I do feel bad but at the same time I feel like there's the, this is all so dehumanizing yeah and that women are they're just sex dolls to these guys uh, and it's a, it was a side I think of the incel community that we've never seen before. 
Yeah, I had no idea that this, um, that there was like a whole sub community of people undergoing plastic surgery. That's, Mm -hmm. that's pretty severe. That's, uh, that's pretty serious body dysmorphia. Mm -hmm. And none of the guys in the article are bad looking. (laughs) They're not, they're not at all. You know, and you can tell when someone's been programmed. You can tell when someone comes from one of these, one of these forums. Yeah. You know, and it's 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 sad, and it's frightening, and it's enraging, and it's tragic, is what it is. It is tragic. I know we talk a lot about how women can't win, but I think this whole incel thing, or even if you're not an incel, if you have some kind of rage against women, which a lot of men do. <laughs> Um, it, it probably all stems from rejection, right? And, and not being able to process that rejection or that hurt because of toxic masculinity, I think basically is what it comes down to. Yep. So, I mean, like all, all of these insult dudes are like, they're as afraid of rejection as they are of physical violence. Like it, it feels the same to them. (laughs) To uh, say that again, who, who's feeling that women or men? The incels, like they're they're so incapable of processing rejection that it mm-hmm. hurts them as much as it would hurt them to get punched in the face. Oh yes, okay, now I see. Yes, it, it is a profound and intense pain. It is, and not and being I, able yeah. to process that pain, I think, is what turns them into these hateful misogynists, because. What man wants to admit, oh, I had my heart broken, or I'm having a really difficult time getting over this yeah. breakup, or you know what I right. mean? Like, it's just not. I, who are men supposed to talk to about that? I guess their female right. friends, right? Right. They wouldn't talk to their male friends about it, I don't mm-hmm. think. You know, I think slowly we're getting, we're, we're starting to get to a point in masculinity, in culture. I was watching a clip of, um, Richard Madden and Taryn Edgerton, they were walking into uh, the premiere for Rocket Man. Okay. And Edgerton plays Elton John and Madden plays uh, John Reed, who was a lover of Elton John's. And there's a much ballyhooed sex scene in the movie between the two men. Mm -hmm. And of course, they're constantly being asked about this scene. And oh, what do you think? What do you think? What do you think? And you know, they they it, they they both give pretty much the same answer, which is you know, it's time, it's time for male intimacy uh, on screen and in mainstream media, and we need to see more of that. And at one point, the camera is showing them walking into the into the theater at one of the premieres, and you see their arms around each other's backs. Mm-hmm. And at one point, Edgerton leans over and he kisses Madden on the forehead, and I thought, oh, that I I just thought. That how great that was to see uh, because I'm seeing more of it. I'm yeah. seeing more men being a little bit more affectionate. With, maybe they're not kissing each other like in the side of the forehead, not not in sort of a romantic way, but in an affectionate way. And I think slowly we are starting to see we're, we're seeing the need for it at the very least, right. you know, and where people are start. And I think these movies on Netflix, like. Um, so all the boys have loved before and these these smaller movies about kids, not kids, but young teens, we are seeing 
men and boys start to be more emotional and start to be more open. And I think it's great for young boys to see that, you know, where young boys can talk about their pain and can express their pain in in a healthy way, whether it's, you know, um, just like being in group therapy or talking to friends or, or like sex education. Right. Have you seen that show on Netflix, Sex Education? Um, I have seen the first episode. It's, I, I just think we're getting, we're, I feel like we're, we're headed in a good direction is what I'm saying. So, so yeah, I agree. I, I think, you know, uh, toxic mas- masculinity has created these incels and made them feel like they've had, and, and it sounds like I'm empathizing for, sympathizing for them and, you know, I don't know what to say. I guess I guess I am to some degree. Yeah. Um, they where they ha- really had no place to go with this sense of worthlessness and shame. And I don't know. I feel like we're going to be talking in circles soon. So why don't we move on to something a little <laughs> bit lighter? Still in the still in the the vein of uh, fuck that guy. But <laughs> and I think now I'm going to make fuck that guy a, a new like a new segment on the show. Okay. I like it. Yeah. So, um, you know, now that we're entering into the the uh, hold on. Oh no! What goes what goes good with this? What goes goes with this? Oh. <laughs> so. <laughs> I've spent the last few days watching um, dating videos, mm. dating advice videos from men, and uh, I really want to stab my eyes out. Sure. Uh, because it makes me incredibly ragey <laughs> to hear the these men i posted something on facebook the the other night and it was you know five keys to making any man want you and it was you know what basically what it boiled down to was send him you know dirty texts always be supportive always be positive make the best out of everything and it's like oh god don't have a bad day ever ever <laughs> and i just every time i watch one of these videos I get so angry because these men are talking to women like, look, I know you're all a bunch of shrill harpies. So I'm here, the man, to 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 help you poor, sad, shrill, shrieky son of a bitches land that guy because I'm a man and I'm perfect and I know what I'm talking about. And it's drivel. <laughs> Absolute drivel and i sent you uh i sent you a uh a, a video of matthew uh matthew hussey mm-hmm. and now in this one in in today's show matthew was talking to a caller to a woman and she calls in she's i think late 20s and her boyfriend has just broken up with her and she's wondering how does she get him back yeah because it was out of the blue because it was out of the blue mm-hmm. and well okay if you ever read any <laughs> one of my columns you know that's not a thing it's not a thing breakups are never out of the blue but uh why don't we tune in and uh and hear what matthew has to say so hang on ladies and gents or just ladies because i don't think any men are listening to this hold on what do you think about his reasons for breaking up with you he worked a lot and I think that he said he was trying to manage his time with friends and family, and he realized that he wasn't able to be as good of a boyfriend because he was just all over the place with work. He also said that he wasn't as excited about our relationship anymore, which is what really hit home. Yeah, it, it should have hit home. 
Um, but of course, Matthew, our friend Matthew, see, he should have stopped her there. Mm-hmm. Of course, Matthew doesn't. <laughs> of course, Matthew doesn't stop her. He now, granted, he's on a radio show, so he has to you know, he has to fill the airtime. But the uh, now you watch this, and what did you think of his response? He's just pandering to what she wants to hear. Right. I mean, because as you said, he should have just stopped her right there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> as soon as someone tells you, point blank, I am not excited about this, mm-hmm. release them. <laughs> release them. Let them go. Fuck that guy. If they're yours, fuck that guy. <laughs> if they're yours, they will come back to you and all that fucking jazz. Yeah. So instead, that- though... <laughs> Lest anyone (laughs) thinks that Matthew (laughs) Matthew actually told her what was going on. Oh, no. Matthew goes on for, (laughs) let's see, 16 minutes and 13 seconds. Yeah. When the answer was, he was done with you. And the minute, and what I found so interesting was how she blew past that. How she blew past the, oh, you know, he said that, you know, work and blah, 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 work, and he couldn't be there for me, and da, 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 and then he also said that he wasn't really feeling it anymore, but so now I don't really know what to do. He, he said, I'm not excited about this anymore. All the other stuff, that you know, that he wrapped you in that bubble wrap so that when he did finally push you off that cliff, it wouldn't hurt. You know, all the, the oh, and then he cried, and he said he still loved me, and, and it's that shit. It's the, I still love you and I still this, and I just feel like I'm not being there for you. That's what confuses women. And I don't expect men or anyone, men or women, to be totally honest in that situation. But when you say things like, I still love you, and it's not that I don't love you, it's that I'm just at this place in my life, and ba 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 He's just done. <laughs> They're just done. And it's hard to hear that. And, and, and I've, you know, kind of been, this is what sort of what I've been processing the last six weeks ever since Don and I broke up, mm-hmm. which was, you know, I, I did the whole like, oh, I think it was just a really, this was just wasn't the right time for him. And, you know, maybe that's true, but I think more than likely he just didn't see a future with me. And that's a very hard realization to come to and to accept. Yeah. For anybody. Especially, you know, in this woman, she spent two years with this guy. I spent, what, five months with, with Don? But that's a very – and in the beginning, you you are doing – it's it's the five stages of death. It's the death of a relationship, and you are in denial. And then you do the anger, and then the bargaining, and then the, the depression. And I'm slowly coming out of the depression stage. That's good. And I'm on the brink of acceptance. And, you know, it's it is hard. When, when you're being broken up with or when you're breaking up with somebody, you know, you don't, you don't just tell somebody, look, I just don't, I just, I don't love you anymore. <laughs> I mean, you can, you can say that, but I think it's very important when you break up with someone to like not leave the door open. Right. If that makes sense. Well, I because- mean, that's, that's what you do with your conscientious, right? If you, if you just want out, but you want to leave the door open. That's mm-hmm. a different kind of breakup. Yeah, you know, and that's something that uh, when when people ghost, you know, I, I used to would get a lot of letters about, well, why did this person ghost and why didn't they say anything? And 
why didn't somebody, you know, officially end things? Because I think they're still leaving the door open. Yeah. Just in case. Yeah. And it's easier not to. <laughs> right. Right. It's easier not to. But there's also that, you know, especially if things are really good for, you know, four or five dates or, you know, whatever. And then they just go right, like they fall off the face of the earth. You know, do I think it's cowardly? Uh, yeah, I think it's cowardly. But I also think it's done because they just want a break. But they don't know how to say, I just want a break. Yeah. So they just go nowhere. And then, you know, a couple months later, they check in like, hey, what's going on? Oh, you know, things got really busy with work. I'm so sorry. Things just, and they come up with the excuse. And the excuse, the, the excuse is bullshit. They just needed to back it up a bit. Yeah. I think it's also probably true that people get invested in relationships at different times. Like some, mm-hmm. some people are all in after hopefully not one date, but <laughs> yeah. maybe three or four, right? Other people, maybe it takes them six or seven months. And that's, mm-hmm. I don't think that's indicative of their emotional availability or maturity or anything. I think it's just, you know, you take the time you need, right? So mm-hmm. to to not ghost someone and say, oh, I just, I just want to close this out and let you know that I met someone better. Uh, you don't want to say that <laughs> to someone right. who is like, oh, well, I've, I've been dating other people this whole time. It's fine. <laughs> right. It's uh, We got on this topic because I just hate this dating advice because I feel like it doesn't tell women what they need to hear. And it kind of keeps the hope alive. Yeah. You know, another woman called in saying, um, you know, my boyfriend, he, um, he likes to point out, uh, women on Instagram that he finds hot and some of them are his ex-girlfriends. And, you know, he tells me that they're hot and, uh, you know, what do you think about that? And Matthew's like, well, wait a minute, you know, ba 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 with the accent. And he goes around on and on and on and on and on. And he finally gets to the point of, well, well, why is he, I mean, he, he's telling you about his ex-girlfriends and they're hot. I mean, that's a little concerning, don't you think? And it's like, the answer is he's a douchebag. Get rid of him. Yeah. Like th- what women need to hear is that's abusive. Yeah. There's no reason. There's no no reason for that. that. And we need things framed to us in a way that's really clear because, and this is part of the reason why we tolerate bullshit, because we're being fed these explanations that are just total bullshit. Well, what do you think? And do you think that he should, you know, I think, I think what you should say to him is, you know, why don't you tell me that you think I'm beautiful? You know, I like to hear that too. No, here's what you say to him. Fuck you. I don't want to hear that about your ex-girlfriend. It's rude and disrespectful. Do it again and you can fucking leave. How about that? How about we start? How about we start encouraging women to tell men to fuck off? Yeah. Instead of this, let's have a, and look, I'm all for the rational conversations, but in situations like this where a man is being blatantly, and that is abuse. It's abusive. Yeah. It's cruel, sure. it's abusive, it's disrespectful, and there has to be a line. Fuck all of this. Let's have a rational conversation. If you're being disrespectful to me, and certainly if you're being abusive to me, I'm going to let you know. 
I'm not going to sit here with plaster smile on my face and say, you know, after I've read Stephen Covey and whatever fucking Seven Habits book Matthew Hussey <laughs> tells all women to read, I'm not going to sit there and just put a smile on my face and go, you know, it would be really nice if you told me I was beautiful. Fuck you, I am beautiful. I don't need to hear it from you, but I definitely don't want to hear you tell me that your ex-girlfriends are beautiful. And if you think that, go fuck them. Yeah. We're all full tonight. The inn is full. <laughs> Uh, that's another thing incels don't understand about women. <laughs> Once you have one, we will really tolerate a lot. <laughs> We're not going to tolerate your bullshit. Um, How about that? Well, we will in our 20s. <laughs> yeah, in our 20s. And maybe even to our early 30s. But by the time we're 40, we're done. We are done. <laughs> we are not here for your shit anymore. <laughs> You can leave, and I think that is terrifying to men. The idea that a woman can say, you can leave, and I'm perfectly fine. Okay, I'd rather watch a Law & Order marathon than have to look at your face right now. Like, I'm okay. You go. I, ha I have Netflix. Netflix never disappoints me. Oh, Netflix never makes me feel bad. Uh, the, the offerings can sometimes disappoint, but you know what I mean. It's true of men. I think that's... We need to start encouraging women. I, I'm going to say it. It's my. It's now my. It's my tagline. We need to start encouraging women to say, "Fuck that guy, fuck that guy, and what he's doing, and what he's saying to you, and how he's treating you," because you are you are enough, and you are okay by yourself. Yeah. Because every time I call in and listen to these women, and they to pour their hearts out, and you know, and when I would read the letters, where these men were just being clear assholes. He's an asshole. You don't need him. You're okay. You're okay by yourself. And you know what? You'll find somebody better. Yeah. And if you believe that, truly believe it, you will. Period. Fuck that guy. <laughs> yeah. You've seen, I'm sure, uh, various versions of the study that say that men enjoy being married more than women do. Yeah, I believe that. <laughs> I mean, that's... they. They need us more than we need them. <laughs> Absolutely. We have, uh, once again, we're going to use that word. We're, we've been groomed to believe we need men. We don't. We don't need them. No. They need they're us. They're nice to have around when they're nice to have around. Yeah. yeah they're nice to have around when they're nice to have around. And that doesn't mean I hate men. It just means I, I'm okay by myself. Yeah. I Maybe too okay sometimes. I don't know. That's for you to decide. <laughs> I don't think that's... <laughs> I just I want to you know I want I want to hear these dating coaches say you know what here's the thing whether this guy asks you the right questions on a date or you know let's stop trying to figure out how to be desirable to men let's stop thinking about the five best questions to ask on a first date and let's start thinking about what will we accept and not accept mm -hmm. what do we like and not and not like let's stop making it about men and what they think and what they want and how they feel. And that doesn't mean you shouldn't take it in consideration, of course. If you're going to be in a relationship, of course. But we forget about ourselves. We get lost. We forget, well, how do you feel? Do you want to have a relationship with him? Do you, like, is this somebody you want to wake up to? Every morning, is this, you know, it's, you've had two dates. Jesus Christ, it's been a movie and a cocktail, and you're already, like, moving in. <laughs> I think someone could make a lot of money teaching women how to set boundaries. 
<laughs> yes. Just verbally. Yep. Like, just literally teach women what to say when you're on maybe like the third or fourth date and something is said that is, if if not uncomfortable, then it's sort of questionable, right? Or mm-hmm. even just straight up if you disagree or need to leave, right? You need to excuse yourself how to get out of that without it escalating. I think somebody could make a lot of money. Mm-hmm. I agree. Teaching those kind of conversational skills to women. Absolutely. Sarah, it's that time. Yeah. Oh, before we leave, let's do, uh, let's trade some podcasts that we like. Okay. Some. Oh, and I, I really want to, this is something I wanted to share. Uh, I mentioned honesty check last week mm-hmm. or the week before. And, you know, I, wrote them a a DM on Instagram because I follow them and I love that show. And I told them that uh, I was, you know, sort of in the middle of a depressive episode and that listening to their show made me feel a little bit less alone. Uh And, you know, they wrote back and one of the hosts wrote back and, you know, thank you so much. And, you know, it's so great. Like the best part of this is getting to know the, the, the listeners. And she has checked in on me twice now. Wow. Hey, just want to see how you're doing, you know, thinking about you. And that's the and that's the sort of thing that can really prevent someone who's who deals with depression or anxiety or really any mental illness, mental illness, knowing that somebody's out there thinking of you, knowing that someone took a moment out of their day to just say, Hey, just checking in, seeing how you're doing. Yeah. That can make all the difference. So I, I cannot recommend Honesty Check podcast enough. Um, I've really started, I've started to listen to Morbid, which is a true crime podcast. And, the, and they're two friends. They might be sisters. I'm not sure. Up in Boston. And I recognize the the accent immediately. Mm. But I like their, one is a, um, she's an autopsy technician. Okay. <laughs> and so she's, you know, the reason they, they do great research. They have great rapport. You know, I, I don't get too upset with uh, laughing or comedy in a true crime podcast unless it gets just really disrespectful. Yeah. I think you need that sort of, you, you need a little bit of humor because these things can be very heavy. Um, there's not a lot of banter uh, with these two. Like they pretty much just get to it very quickly, mm-hmm. which I really like. So I really enjoy Morbid. Uh, the well, There's a, another one, I think it's called The Thirst. Okay. And it's two British women and it's more of a pop culture Oh, yeah, I think uh, podcast. I've heard that before. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like it. I, I like it a lot. Uh, I like podcasts that don't get too caught up in the follow us here and do this and rate us and, and vote for us. I can't stand that, and that'll turn me off in a heartbeat. Mm-hmm. Um, and so far, the, these podcasts that that I like, they they don't do that. What about you? What um, podcast do you like? So we're ta- we're talking about podcasts by women. Yes, uh, it's on hiatus right now, but I really like. You must remember this which is about old Hollywood. Um, And it is impeccably produced and researched. Uh, Have Mm -hmm. you listened to it? No. It is amazing. (laughs) Um, I I find that I can listen to episodes even if I don't know anything about the subject. Like if I don't know who the actor is or if I'm not even interested, Um, it, it, it can be interesting to me. Um, obviously yours is great. Um, Thank you. <laughs> um, now it's yours. <laughs> I, now it's ours. I like, um, 
Why Cheat and Steal, which is a man and a woman. Um, but that mm-hmm. podcast is all about um, scams and hoaxes. Oh, boy. Yeah. Um, and it's also very funny. Um, I like True Crime Obsessed, which is another another man and a woman. Um, yeah, I, I am... I'm a big fan of True Crime Obsessed. Patrick went to Emerson, which oh, is I'm a graduate of yeah, Emerson. Yeah. And uh, I have to say though that the the shrieking kind of gets to me. <laughs> <laughs> but for the most part, I find their timing impeccable. I think they're they have such a great rapport. <laughs> it's it's a true crime podcast obviously, but they add a bit of a spin to it because they're both Broadway people. Yeah. So it's sort of like true crime with jazz hands. <laughs> it is true crime with jazz hands. Yeah. Um, recently, I've I've been really liking Keep It. Um, which- yes, I just started listening to that too. Yeah. Uh, with the, the he's a comedian in LA. I follow him on Twitter, mm-hmm. and I can't remember his name, but he's always so funny. Uh, I just started listening to that as well. Keep It is pretty good. Um, dressed is good um it's about the history of fashion it can get very specific but if you are at all interested in fashion and or history i would recommend dressed oh nice um yeah i think that's it i'm i'm actually going through my list i mean rachel maddow amazing obviously mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. oh women's medica- medication women's meditation network okay i love i love they come out with a new episode every tuesday and i usually put it on before i go to sleep it's great huh. all right well speaking right. of hating people that beg you to follow um we're at womenontoppodcast.com you can follow us at women on top pod on twitter women on top podcast on instagram sarah you're the best you're the um, best. Simply the best. Oh, Shit's <laughs> Creek. If you watch Shit's Creek, it's great. Um, and yeah, thank you so much for stepping in. Barbara's kids, uh, unfortunately, were sick at the last minute, and you uh, you stepped in, and well you'll be soon, Barbara's in Barbara's kids. I'm sorry, say that again. Get well soon, Barbara's kids. Yeah, I'm sure that's very stressful when both kids are are, are sick. Um, but you'll be back next week, and then Barbara will be back the week after that. So, guys. You're simply the best. (laughs) And thank you for listening. Have a lovely night. Bye.